Angelo here. I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast and drop one quick announcement. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that so many of the men that I have on here have gone through a Sacred Sons experience, myself included, and it has changed our lives. And so with that, I want to let you know that I will be co-hosting and facilitating at Sacred Sons EMX Texas, May 2nd through 5th, perfectly situated right between Austin, Dallas, and Houston. So if you're coming in from out of town, you have some options of how to get here. There's a link in the show notes that you can use. It is an affiliate link, so it supports We Are The Men, myself, my family, my travels, and all that it takes to create this podcast and all the other things that I'm putting together. So if you're able to use it, you have my deepest gratitude and appreciation. Now, on with the show. Welcome everyone, I'm your host Angelo Santiago and this is the We Are The Men podcast, a show that is dedicated to sharing the stories of men who are all connected by a commitment to having a positive impact on the world through the actions they take in their own lives. My guest today is Jack Villiers. Jack is a coach, business mentor, ceremonialist, and the founder of Human Work. His mission is to empower people to lead authentically, heal their trauma, and step into their true potential in the world. Jack is a leader within Sacred Sons and has guided hundreds of men to reclaim and connect to their masculinity. He has also spent over 10 years working as a top level leader in some of the world's fastest growing tech companies where he focused on leadership development, people strategy, and culture. Jack started Human Work to honor the remembrance of real human connection. Today, he leads transformational training for men and women across the world. And Jack is a good friend of mine. We've met through Sacred Sons and we've connected in so many places around the world, uh, in Scotland, in North Carolina, in San Diego, I believe as well. And it's always amazing to come back together with you, Jack, and, and hear what you've been up to, what life has brought for you, what it is that you're bringing and putting out in the world. So it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here, brother. Thank you for having me, brother. Great to be here. Yeah. And uh, right before we started recording, we were sharing how you're about to step into another training with the Sacred Sons, leading at, at a prime leadership in Italy with some brothers who are also on the leadership pathway there. So that's exciting. And so many other things going on in your life and what you're creating. So I want to get into all that. And before we start looking ahead and seeing what's in the future for you and what you're bringing through, I always like to start off with the present. And Every time I have somebody on here, I want to know what's going on in their life and, and specifically what season of life you find yourself in. Like what is showing up that has shown up recently is currently in your awareness that's really inviting you to the next few steps of what's happening in your world. So if you could describe that for us, appreciate it. Yeah, I've really been in a deep kind of winter of grief. That's where I've been at. And it's been an initiation, to be honest, to go through that and to slow down and to really honor grief and be friends with it and to take the time. And the grief started when my father passed away in November. And it feels very poignant talking to you in a space about men because the journey with my father and when he was alive and now him having passed on has been a big part of the journey of why I do the work I do, especially the work I do with men. So since he passed away, it's really been a process of 
coming to terms with what that means for me, how I connect to myself as a father, what it means to be a father for me and the lessons from his life. And it's really interesting. Someone said this to me after he passed away, but I've really found that sometimes when someone dies, you can actually connect more to them than you did in life. And I actually hadn't seen him for 20 years before he passed away. He wasn't in my life, but we had made amends over the last few years. So it's been really interesting to navigate that. And in this deep season of like winter that it's been for me, the initiation that's really come through is all the work that I've been doing, you know, with sacred sons, with human work, my own personal journey, everything that I've been doing, I was like, I've got the tools. I know how to process this. I've got it. I lead people through working through grief all the time. And then when you're hit with that grief, it's such a different experience and initiation. And it's really been a shedding of getting to know myself and to understand certain things a lot deeper um, and also connecting to my lineage. So yeah, that's kind of where I've been at. It does feel now in the present moment that spring is upon us and I feel energy moving. I feel that with, you know, going to Sardinia to run an event for Sacred Suns tomorrow, I can feel like the energy moving in the world saying like, hey, Jack, you've been through this initiation, you've shared, you've honored it now it's time to like come out and share what you've learned so that's kind of where i'm at right now yeah thank you for sharing that and and the willingness to just go to that level of depth in this conversation like straight off the bat because grief is a tough subject that a lot of people at least in this western culture it's something that gets hidden it's something that people feel the need to process themselves or it's like it's very clinical and so in you describing this spring this spring energy that's beginning to move and you're feeling the shift i'd love to invite you to share a little bit of somebody maybe who had a similar winter of grieving maybe somebody who lost somebody or who's going through a tough time and is in that challenging space and maybe they don't know how to even begin like you said, getting to know that grief, what would you want to say to that person listening right now? Trust the process. It's a process for a reason. And that it's okay to need to take a break. I believe we all have a certain level of capacity when it comes to processing certain emotions. And that can depend on so many different factors, your own journey, where you've been, what's going on in your life at that time. Maybe you're grieving multiple things. Maybe the grief that you're experiencing has brought up a deeper level of grief from something that's happened before. So within trusting that process, it's giving yourself the space to grieve and knowing that you're going to need to take a step back sometimes and like, okay, well, there's other things I need to tend to right now. And just recognizing that when the time is right, you can come back to that grief. It's just, yeah, really about trusting the process. And I think for me, it's been using the tools that I have. So there's been times where I've been sort of like, oh, okay, well, I'll just kind of go on with life and, and do what I need to do. And then it's like, no, I need to wail. I need to scream. I need to call someone and tell them that I'm feeling really upset. I need to read the eulogy that I spoke at my dad's funeral because I need to go back to that place. So it's staying in connection with yourself and knowing when is the time to keep stepping deeper into that initiation and when is the time to maybe integrate just like the processing that you've already done. So I guess the way I would describe it is it's like in levels and knowing what level you're at and trusting that when you're meant to go deeper into that grief, the time will come and it may come when you least expect it. For me, it's come in little moments, you know, little subtleties that I wouldn't have expected. And I've really had a big movement because I've just trusted the process. So 
yeah, just staying really in tune with your emotional body and what's going on. And something that I've always used that's worked really well for me is just coming back to if I'm feeling sensations around something like that grief, just closing my eyes, taking a breath, naming what it is I'm feeling, staying present with it. That may be for a couple of minutes. And then it's like, cool, I acknowledged it. I integrated it rather than sort of just getting on with whatever it is that I have to do. Yeah. Just instead of the common, let me reach out for something to just maybe not feel this discomfort, you know, this grief, that being present with it is a big shift. For, I know it was for me, for all my emotions, and certainly grief being one of these stronger experiences that's like, I just didn't want to feel it. And so you just touched on so many different ways and tools and, and actions that people can take that are in that. And I'm curious to just start exploring how you came to that awareness for yourself, which starts off, I'm sure, earlier on in your life in a time where maybe you didn't have that and really the, the process in which you got to where you are now. So share a little bit for us, if you will, about like what brought Jack to this moment in time right now? What was life like before? You know, before you started doing this work, before you started leading in this work, before you started understanding as much as you do about yourself, your body, your emotions, what brought you to this point? What were you like? What happened? And then we'll get into a little bit of what you're creating now. Yeah, beautiful. So it kind of continues from the thread that we were discussing, but really the relationship with my father that I believe spirit, the universe gave to me has really been a defining factor of why I'm here now, which is why even in the grief, even in my dad not being absent, I'm so, so grateful for his life because it's been absolutely perfect to lead me here. My dad left when I was five months old and wasn't consistent in my life. He had issues with alcohol and drugs. Well, he was an addict basically. So he was never consistent in my life. And the absence of having a father figure, someone who could teach me what it really meant to be a man, left me with this emptiness that I always felt. And it was interesting because the emptiness, the benefit of the emptiness was it was a curiosity. So it led me to be curious to seek things. That curiosity also led me to do a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> so, you know, the first examples of male role models I had were, you know, drug dealers or dudes who were getting up to no good in the area that I lived in. And as soon as I became a teenager, I was like, that's what it means to be a man. So it was already, so it was already kind of, um, playing out all of these sort of initiations to prepare me for what I do now. And a lot of really challenging things happened, you know, things that I got involved in. I did a lot of really bad stuff, but through all of that, I created this deep capacity to be resilient and to get to know myself. Cause one of the interesting things I found on my journey is that the more that I was putting myself in these difficult situations and basically fucking shit up all the time and getting to this brink where honestly, like my life, probably wouldn't have been savable, you know, it would have been ending up in, in one of either not here or in prison or just no hope, nothing going for me. And every time I was getting to that point, this self-awareness was coming online of like, I know what I'm doing here and I'm getting to like know myself, even though this isn't the right place for me. And then I think through luck and, you know, having hit my head against the wall enough times, it was like, okay, it's time to like step out and grow up a little bit. And that led me again on that curious search of what does it mean to be a man? And really the big initiation that came through was becoming a father when I was 23. And it was this moment that is, you're a father. So I think this will resonate. You're like, yeah. As soon as I saw my daughter, it was like, whoa, I have something to live for. 
there's this thing, this being that I have co-created with someone and she needs me to be a man and to grow up. And it was, again, it was like this self-awareness, this resilience, suddenly there was a different purpose for it. It wasn't just used aimlessly and making mistakes and being immature and all of that. It was like, I have to provide, I have to set an example. So that all started to come online. And even after that, there was many struggles that I went through. And again, this thread of fatherlessness, which I've been talking about, really the curiosity eventually led me to Sacred Sons. I remember my partner came back from a women's retreat and she just she just felt different. I was like, oh, what, have they been, what have they been doing out there in the woods? <laughs> but it just felt, she felt different. I could feel that like embodiment from her in her feminine. And I was like, there's got to be something out like that, something out there for men like that. And then I started searching and searching and eventually I kind of didn't really find anything, thought I'd found something, but couldn't really like, didn't end up turning up to the group or nothing stuck. And then my partner came again and was like, oh no, look at this. And, and it was something from Sacred Sons. And I was like, whoa, it just like spoke that emptiness that I had within me. It just spoke to it. And through that life and some of the hardship I experienced, I'd really cultivated again, a lot of self-awareness, a lot of skills, knowing how to get myself out of difficult situations, really learning how to read people's emotions. You know, when you're like on the streets getting involved in stuff, you really need to be aware of people's emotions and their agendas. So it's like all that stuff that I'd often used in quite like a negative way suddenly was like, wow, I can use this in a positive way. And that was really the gateway where men's work was like, this is the vehicle to start, you know, to really offer these gifts. And ultimately all of the pain and things like that, I was able to alchemize those and now use that in the work that I do and be in this work. So that's kind of been the journey for me. I love that. I, I love what you're talking there at the end. And, and I can relate so much to it because it's a discovery process and a realization that like all the things I have done in the past and maybe they weren't, they certainly weren't the best things that I've ever done in my life. But the skills that I was cultivating, like you described, like being on the streets, being able to read emotions, being able to just like understand and read the field. And now coming into a new understanding of yourself and a new alignment and what these skill sets and what these tools and what this understanding of yourself you can now use in a different way, as you describe now in men's work, in what you're creating with the other programs that you're doing. It's like you have these gifts. Everyone listening, I, everyone around us have gifts that we use and we can choose to use them in a positive way or in a way that ultimately harms ourselves and maybe others in our communities. And so that shift from getting from one side to the other side is such a huge part of the journey. And you mentioned for yourself the becoming a father, how much of a big shift that was for you. I can relate to that too. But for me, it was like, I had that like kind of moment, that peak moment of realizing like, oh my God, like I'm a father, there's this small child here. But for me, like everything still kind of drew me back to the way of being. Like I wasn't fully ready to take that step. It took a little, it took just another year of him, my son being in my life and my wife having her experience of me in like going into that downward spiral still to suddenly like snap me out of it and realize like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like I have to grow up. I have to, to be that man that you described. So I'd love for you just to touch on a little bit more of, especially for someone who grew up with the situation that you did with your father, now being a father to you, what are the most important qualities that you've been able to cultivate as a father for your daughter that it's like, this is what it, for me, this is what it means to be a father. And this is what I would encourage all men who have children out there to explore within themselves. 
Yeah. It's not about how many things that you can buy them. Some of these conventional models, the way that we look at what it means to be a parent. For me, the single most important thing is your ability to be present. And it's like the presence, when you give a child presence, it's gold. Everything can change in such a short space of time. You could spend three to six hours with your child and you've got your phone out, you're checking your emails, all of that kind of stuff. Or you could spend 30 minutes with your child where you are completely present and you're willing to bring your inner child online and step into their world and not do what you want to do, but hey, what do you want to play? I was literally, just before I did this podcast, my son wanted me to pretend to be an alien and chase him around the swimming pool down in the garden. So that's what I did. And it was 20 minutes, but it was perfect. I'm going away tomorrow. How connected I feel to him because we shared that moment. So I believe it's really your ability to be present. The other thing, and I haven't got it perfect, you know, it's, it's been a process of trial and error. I've got two kids. The other thing that I feel very committed to right now is, as you shared, we all have our gifts. We all have our strengths. So teach them what you know. So one of the things that for me, I feel I have a good level of mastery in now is staying connected to my emotions and processing them in a healthy way. So I know that that's something, it would be crazy for me not to offer my son that. So when he's angry, it's like, okay, he's angry. Let's get a pillow, hit the pillow. And you'll find him start hitting the pillow. And in five minutes, he's smiling. So I really think it's like, you don't have to know everything as a parent, but share what you do know. And as long as you stay present, more things will unfold. And, and also there's a thing for me around partnership here. What I would say has really leveled up my ability to be a father is actually opening dialogue with my partner and being open and willing to receive feedback about how I'm parenting, how present I'm being and not take that in like a judgmental way. And also to have conversations, like how are we showing up as parents? Cause it's, this is a, something I found really interesting when I was working in my career in tech for 10 years, I would go and build these companies. I would run workshops. I would do all of these different things. And I've got all of these skills, right. Which I would use to earn a salary at the time. When I come to my home, I'm not using any of those skills. Why am I not thinking about family values, which is something my partner talks about a lot. Why am I not thinking about like, how do we engineer and create this like amazing family system where we're supported, where we can be present and it's like intention, but we seem to sometimes, or I have experienced putting loads of intention into my work and not bringing again, all of those skills and gifts back to my family. So I think it's kind of like, give yourself an opportunity to reflect on what gifts aren't you bringing home that maybe you take to work as well. Absolutely. And this is so important for anyone listening there who is the, the type of man who maybe has a story that's like, my role here is to provide. And when you sit with that role, of like all I am is a provider, like what you were talking about, like giving gifts or buying things, it's like you end up just dumping so much of your energy, so much of your presence and your dedication to the job, to the work. And then when you come home, you're drained and you don't have anything really left of yourself to give to your family. And when that happens, there's like suffering that occurs for the children, for the partnership. Like I love that we started talking about being fathers, but the importance of the relationship, like tending to that relationship, creating those, that family vision, the family values. Like how do we want to parent together? How do we want to love together? And how do we spend time us as the couple that we were before the kids were here and we keep evolving now with the kids? How do we keep that 
powerful and strong. So I love that you touched on that. And now what I'd love to explore a little bit is, is with everything that you've experienced, with, with what you've shared about your life story, what's come up for you and the, the tools that you've gained, where it is that you're headed. Let's talk a little bit about human work, that what you're creating. What is it that you've found your calling to bring to people in the world in this work that you're doing? Give us a picture about what is the vision of human work? What is What are you calling in? What type of men and women are you calling into this? And what do you hope is going to be the outcome of this beautiful experience that you're creating in the world? Yeah. So human work for me was birthed out of the vision that the world needs more real human connection. So one of the things that I, I say when I talk about human work is it's really the remembrance or in service to the real human connection. And what I've realized when I look at a lot of the challenges that I've been through in my life, and then look at a lot of the places that I found healing, that I found increased self-awareness, all of those things, the common thread in all of that was that there was connection. And I feel that growing up and later into my twenties through other challenges that I went through, life felt so devoid of connection. And it's such a simple thing to me, connection as is as important as the food that we put in our mouths and the water that we drink every day. So really my vision for human work is how can I bring more of that connection, that authentic, that real connection into the world and doing it in a space where men and women can come together and feel that they can really tap into all the different aspects of their humanness. So that's kind of what I'm calling in for human work. After spending a number of years doing men's work and being in men's spaces, I felt this thing coming through me, especially as a partner with a partner who's also been doing work on themselves and all of that. I was like, there's a natural evolution here where men and women do the work together. And one of the things I experienced in my time doing men's work, which has, has absolutely changed my life, was that when I came home, my integration with the women in my life and somewhat with the feminine was always like, okay, I've got to navigate this. I've been with all the bros, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And I thought, well, we need that. We need men's work and we need women's work, but we need to do the work together. And there's some alchemy that happens when men and women do that work together that's so unique. I'll give you an example. You could be having a really difficult time with your wife and you're in a difficult situation. It feels crunchy. And I know from my own experience, when I've been in difficult situations with my partner, it's often hard for me to almost see her humanness. I, I get so caught up with the emotions and what's going on that I'm not really seeing her for just a woman. And then when I do human work and I see a woman step in and go through a really deep process or have a really big revelation or be celebrated or see themselves for the first time, it was like, wow, I can see my partner. I can see my mother in this woman. And that was just a complete paradigm shift for me. So I think that's where I see this work as the evolution, which is just as necessary as men's work and women's work. So yeah, we did a first training out in Ibiza where I live, which was really beautiful. We have another one in April that's going to be about 50 participants. So it's getting bigger. Surprise, surprise, women are just like ready to go. They're like, they've been waiting to do this work. And it's interesting to them see what it brings up for men. But I just, when I witness this work, whether it's the men's work that I do with Sacred Sons, whether it's going to human work and leading these mixed containers, it just gives me hope for humanity. Going back to the point about children and being a parent, it's like when I see that connection and think that my 
son can experience that and that there could be more connection like that in the world, I just feel a lot of hope. So that's my vision with human work. Keep running trainings, keep evolving the work, keep evolving myself and, and to really just be of service to that because I need the work. That's why I continue to do it. That's why I turn up at Sacred Sons because I need it too. And the more that I give back, the more that I get. And it's it's that reciprocity, which is essentially just feeding my life in so many beautiful ways. Yeah, me too, brother. I just like feel absolutely everything that you're saying. I've seen, you know, my wife has been involved in women's work and doing her work and, and leading in it for a long, long time. And she was almost like waiting for me to step in and do my part. And it took a long time and it took a lot of her praying for me and also like encouraging me forward and, and calling more out for me and until I finally did. And now as I continue to develop myself through this experience, through connection, which is, I love that that's the point right there that you're talking about. It's all about connection, which I totally agree with. Now the question does become like, cool, how do we integrate as one, right? That union. And so I love that you're bringing that in. I'd love to create a space here where the question I always ask, especially for people who maybe they struggle to make it out to a four-day retreat. Maybe they don't have the funds to do it or they believe they might not have the time to do it or things are just requiring them to be at home right now and tend to to the home, to family. What is something that you can invite this human connection piece that you don't need to witness somebody else going through it to be like, oh, I can see that in my wife now or I can see that in my children now. It's like, how can we cultivate this either at home or in our local communities, in our local friendships? What are a couple steps, like tangible steps that somebody could take at home to start just understanding what you're talking about when you're bringing these powerful moments at a retreat space? Mm. Start small, firstly. That's how I started. Now this work is the predominant thing in my life. But once upon a time, I was completely new going onto my first like online men's circle with Sacred Sons, nervous to share, nervous to speak on this sort of 30, 40 minutes men's circle, right? So it's just to be, understand that everyone has like, however much of this work they've done, we all have a humble beginning. You know, we all started somewhere. So that's the first thing. I think it's just important for people to acknowledge. And then in terms of start small, I always like to suggest start from the inside out. So start with connecting to yourself. Can you offer yourself more connection? So the example that I gave where emotions are coming up and I put my hand where I might be feeling the emotion, take some breaths and just name, what is it that's going on? What am I feeling? Where is that coming from? How does it feel? Okay, can I breathe a little bit deeper and feel it? That is so simple. But if you're to do that a few times a week, then you're gonna build more connection with yourself. And the more that you build your connection with yourself, that starts to open more pathways, I believe, where you'll be getting more messages and more signs of things that you need to do. For some people, it could look like listening to a podcast like this or something really easy, you know, okay, I'm really busy right now, all of those sort of things. I'm just going to listen to one podcast a week on the drive to work and see what that brings up, you know, and, and take some time to reflect on what it is bringing up. So I think there's these really small actions of self-reflection, of feeling, even going back to the parenting example, if you're someone who, if you're a father, you know, just Try and do 20 minutes without your phone, staying present with your kids. See what that brings up for you. Because that brings up so much for me. I get so much from them, the reflections, all of those things. So, you know, to start this journey of your own self-discovery of embracing connection, it can really fit in with your everyday life. 
You just need to find the things that work for you. And there's this balance of gravitate towards things. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's listening to a podcast. Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's joining and doing like martial arts with other men at a martial arts club. It could be anything like that. And if those things call to you, go towards them and also find things that give you resistance. Because I know the first time that I stepped on a plane to go and experience Sacred Sons, I felt a fuckload of resistance. Yeah. It's like, who are these dudes? What, what's going to be happening here? All of that stuff. So find that balance, build up a little bit of a muscle towards it. And then when you find a piece where you feel a bigger piece of resistance, that to me is spirit saying to you, okay, take a step deeper now. But there is really no excuse. This is just bringing more awareness and connection to your everyday life, making small decisions, as I've said, and they can work for you. And then you're going to find the bigger, like, thing door to step through and then just make sure you fucking step through it when it appears step through it and take some sort of action that's like you said it right there and and even in the the reading a book or listening to a podcast or even if there's someone inspirational on social media that you follow it's great that you're witnessing that experiencing that consuming that information but for so many men we have thought that just getting the information is going to make a change that's not true taken the information and like you've listened to Jack here, he shared a lot of actions that you can take in your life. And so it's the time to take one of those actions, a small one. It doesn't have to be big. And and it's funny, as you were describing just the, the putting the phone away, same for me before we got on this call, I was with my son and I actually took my phone and I put it on the counter and I went and I sat on the floor with him and we started playing with some of his building blocks. And it, like after a little while, I started sensing some like tension in me and some like kind of like anxiety in me because clearly that was there before. But when I had my phone and I started feeling that, I'm like, oh, I can pull up some work stuff or some emails or think about the podcast I'm going to record with Jack. And so I like kind of diffuse this tension and anxiety. But by putting the phone away, being present with my son, playing with him and then noticing that, I then took a deep breath and I just, I breathe in deep and I let go. And my son actually looked at me and he's like, Daddy, is everything okay? Or it's not, those aren't the words he used, but he was like curious of checking in on me. And, and I was able to share with him. It's like, yeah, dad, I was just, I was feeling something. So I decided to breathe and, and really try to understand what's going on with me. And it wasn't a big deal. I just told him. And again, that's me teaching him something that I was never taught and that I learned much later in life. So take some sort of action, that piece on discomfort that you shared, that crossing like a threshold, like leaning into it. It's always going to be there. The first time you step into something like a, a men's circle or a men's space or any sort of like experience that is out of your comfort zone, it's going to be there. And then as you continue on this journey, it's still going to be there. There's always going to be something new to explore and experience. And so this is a, such a beautiful way to kind of encapsulate everything that you shared, Jack. Before we get into how people can connect with you, where they can find out more about human work, if they're interested in the events that are coming up, I just want to leave you just one last thing. Anything that you want to share for the listeners, for anybody that has been kind of like holding on to this conversation and being like, oh man, maybe there's one more little piece uh, any advice or suggestions or just love, gratitude that you want to put out there? It's a lot of love and gratitude. The final sprinkle that was coming up for me in that last part of the conversation was following and focusing and feeling the sensations in your body is such a simple but powerful tool. Because if you do that, like you said, the sensation could be the resistance or the sensation for you was a little bit of anxiety. Oh, I got the call and discomfort. What am I doing? That sort of thing. 
and you followed that sensation and even though you might not have understood it at first at the end of it was a new understanding right a new kind of acknowledgement of a part of you or something that's coming up so it's so simple but my invitation for everyone listening would be to follow the sensations in your body and ask you really how connected are you to your body because it's such a simple practice just tuning in don't have to be an expert meditator you don't have to be a master at breath work you don't have to have done men's work before but we all have a body and we're all able to tune in with it so that's the simple thing that i think is a great starter point and yeah just to really acknowledge the men and send some gratitude for them for just being on the journey and if they're listening to this then it's already begun and just be compassionate and easy with yourself because i've been doing this for a hot minute now and i'm still a big work in progress and that's okay that's the beauty of it so yeah that would be it. likewise thank you for sharing that so let's get to it if somebody's been listening to this and they want to learn more about jack they want to learn more about human work where can they find out more about you what you're creating how to connect with you how to connect with the events that are coming up let's drop those in sure yeah so hit me on instagram i believe my website for my personal website and the website for human work will be in the show notes so check that out i do one-to-one -one work i do business coaching i do a whole range of different things one-to-one -one. the next human work event is april 25th to 28th in the uk that's men and women welcome partners couples welcome we have a lot of couples that they're interested in coming and doing this work together i actually had a boxing match against my partner at the last event just have to have <laughs> she punched me up pretty good so yeah if you feel cool to that i will be doing an online platform for human work that will come towards the summer and is there anything else to share no that feels like it beautiful Awesome, Jack. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on here to hear a little bit of your story. As I always say, and I said to you before we started recording and I've said to other guests, the beautiful thing about these short podcasts is that we get to get a small picture of what's going on in your life right now, a little bit of your story. And then I'd love to have you back on here, you know, near the end of the year and the fall to just check in how the year has unraveled, how new things have come to your awareness with human work, with these partnerships as a father, all these new experiences. So I look forward to having you back and talking a little bit more about that. If you guys are interested, please connect with Jack and human work. I love this man. I love the work that he's doing. And so before we close out, Jack, I'd love to invite you in a little bit of a visualization for one last sentence or a couple sentences to come through you. So I invite you to close your eyes and take a deep breath. And if you're listening, feel free to join us and see what comes through you. So Jack, you find yourself on an open field. Thousands of men are with you and you are about to address the world. You begin to speak, and I want you to finish this sentence. We are the men who are creating a new paradigm of masculinity, one where we lift each other up, not tear each other down, one where we show up for our children, for our brothers, for our sisters, for our women, for our elders, and one where we focus on connection and compassion and celebrating our differences, even when it feels challenging. Oh, 
Amen, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jack. Thank you for joining us on the We Are The Men podcast. We Are The Men is a global movement, and I want to invite you, the listener, to be a part of it. Go to wearethemen.com to sign up for our mailing list and learn how you can get involved. If you like what you heard, please take a moment to rate and follow this podcast to help us reach more listeners. All of us know men who could benefit from hearing these conversations and engaging with our community. Please share this podcast today with someone you know. I'm Angelo Santiago, and we are the men.